Hey guys, it's Melissa Stratton and welcome back to College to Cam Girl, your favorite podcast about all things camming, sex work, pro porn, adult, creator, everything. Oh my God, we are diversifying all over the place because I really wanted to talk to you guys about money today. That like awkward elephant in the room and I'm the worst. I will not talk about specifically how much I'm making, what percentages I'm at, like stuff like that. It's just so awkward for me and I really do keep a lot of it private. Um, but I think sometimes this lifestyle is really glamorized and it shouldn't be because it is a job and it's just as difficult as owning your own business. I say that a lot, but I don't think people realize the realities of what it takes. Like if you want to quit your job tomorrow and get into porn, that's the worst decision you'll ever make. It's incredibly difficult to support yourself without a plan. And I didn't really have one when I started. Not that I got myself into financial trouble, but I just didn't know how far I wanted to take this. So yeah, I when I started, I was working full-time-ish because this was during COVID, but I was working full-time as a graphic designer. I had clients from a previous corporate job that I had that I was kind of reaching out to and doing jobs for, and that was working out pretty well for me, but I wasn't where I wanted to be. I wasn't able to handle um, a bulk of clients. It was like, it was like I was only ever going to make so much because it graphic design is a little bit like hourly. You know what I mean? Like unless you're sitting in front of your computer, you're not making money. There's no residual. There's no nothing. And I just didn't have like a bigger plan. Well, obviously I fell in love with the adult world. I really fell in love with camming and I started doing that more and I saw the potential in it right away. And I was just like, okay, we're, we're going to do this. But I definitely had my corporate job, not my corporate, but you know, my freelance job and then camming alongside of each other for a good six months before I was able to really like make the switch to just doing adult full time. And I think that was uh, really smart, but it was also very uh, mentally exhausting to really split my time like that. I like being able to devote everything I'm doing to one um, project. Now, that being said, being in the adult space means you have to be on every platform all the time. And that is really exhausting, but I have not been able to navigate making what I want to make on any one site. Part of that, I, I would conjecture, I would kind of say that that's probably because of the saturation of the adult market right now, because of OnlyFans, because of the pandemic, because people were trying this during that time. That's right when I jumped in. So it's like, you know, you want to see like a hot brunette take her clothes off. Like they, I'm one in a million, you know? So what is going to help me stand out and how my longevity and my building of my brand is what's eventually going to help me get to a place where I'm more successful, but it's not going to be overnight for me. I also just don't really have like a viral personality. I don't say crazy stuff. I don't do crazy things. I'm just a really normal girl. So I also recognize that like, you know, my growth is going to be a lot slower and I'm okay with that. I think it's really important to take things at your own pace as well, especially if you're interested in getting into the adult space or if you're a consumer and you're watching people in the adult space, if you're watching cam girls and you're like, why isn't she more successful? Why is she struggling to pay her rent? You never know what's going on behind the scenes. And I think it's important that creators do kind of keep that curtain closed um, because 
when you let your fans in on stuff like that, they just have a lot of opinions. Um, you never get the whole story, if if that makes any sense. Like, what was my financial situation like before I started camming? Massive amounts of student debt. Okay, and and I had I had actually just bought a house with my ex boyfriend. Like, I was not in a super healthy financial situation, um, and I was able to rectify some of that with what I've done. But I'll tell you what, everyone knows that the first year or a few years of owning your own business, you will be in the red. You will not be profitable. And I felt like having that attitude going into the adult space, knowing that the first few years of owning my own business in the adult space, like me as a brand, knowing that I wasn't going to be profitable helped me kind of manage my expectations of how much debt I was going to be able to pay off, how much I was going to be able to do, and how much I wanted to put back into my business to reinvest in myself, right? Okay, that sounds a little too businessy, but I thought it would be interesting to tell you guys what all my streams of income are because, like I said, I, I have to keep it diverse in order to make a decent amount of money to support myself. Um, and I know a lot of other creators do this as well. And you're probably like, well, why? Oh, they're just trying to secure the bag. No, sometimes we're literally just trying to pay rent because you never know what's going to happen, especially I had joined OnlyFans you know, a matter of months before they did that weird shutdown where they kicked all the adult creators off the platform. Remember that? Or said they were going to? And that was shocking because I was working so hard on building my OnlyFans. So I was like, oh shit, I got to go somewhere else. I got to figure this out. And I always have that in mind that any one platform you have can be taken away in a moment. I remember one day waking up and my um, Twitter, which is like my baby. I love my Twitter. I love putting all my content out on Twitter. I love letting my fans know what I'm doing. It's, it's also how I keep in touch with the industry, with directors, with my friends, with other performers, reaching out to people. Um, I woke up one day and it was gone permanently suspended, no explanation. Now I was able to appeal that a few times and I did get it back, but it's just a reminder that you cannot put all of your eggs in one basket as an adult creator. The, the, um, regulations in the adult world are always changing and you never know what you're going to have to face. So, okay. I obviously, when I started my main source of income was from Chatterbait and I love Chatterbait. I love their, their pay structure, how efficient they are with paying you. I, I think from a creator standpoint, it's one of the best. You get 100% of the tokens that you make, no fees, but your customers, your viewers, your fans, have to pay a pretty hefty chunk up front in order to buy those tokens. So obviously the more tokens they buy, so the more money they spend the, in one like piece the or one transaction, the lower that percentage is that they have to pay the fee on or you know, if you pay 50 bucks you get 20 bucks worth of tokens, but if you pay 100 bucks you get 80. You know, it's like right sliding scale. So, but then it also caps and then there's I know there's certain payment methods you can't use. There's a, there's a lot of different things. So um, Chatterbait is my favorite, but it's kind of my fans' least favorite because they feel the the fees on the front end. Um, and so it would be so interesting because I would tell them, hey, if you want to buy something from me on Chatterbait, you can do it right here. And they'd be like, well, can I do it somewhere else where I don't have to pay a fee? And what's funny is I would say, yeah, sure, you can come pay me over here on OnlyFans, but you got to add a 20% fee or, or I would mark it up a little bit. Oh, you want to pay me on OnlyFans? Then it's going to be $120 instead of $100. And they'd be like, okay, no problem. <laughs> so it's so interesting how some people have a problem with fees and some people don't. 
just keep it in mind when you're setting your pricing. But um, Chatterbait, I obviously had pretty slow growth there. And even now, I don't, ha I do not have the biggest following. I never have a massive amount of people in my room and rarely am I on the front page. But the way that I structure my shows and the way that I interact with my fans, I am able to make it worth my time. You know, and, and I set goals, um, obviously within the show, but also every time I'm online that I'm able to meet because of the way that I've kind of set things up. I try to keep it realistic there too, because some nights you're just off, you know, some nights are amazing. Everyone's there. They want to tip. They're good. They're going. And then other nights it's like, it's the end of the month. Everyone's broke. Nobody wants to tip you. And you really have to prepare for that. That's the biggest downside with Chatterbait is it is up and down all the time. Like some nights are amazing. Some nights are really bad. And trust me, you will feel that. I think if you're camming very consistently, you can definitely find more of a consistency in your income, but it's tough. It's really tough. So obviously there's Chatterbait. Oh, the other thing with Chatterbait is they, a couple times a year, they will reach out to me for marketing opportunities that they were willing to pay for or um, live events they're willing to sponsor me to be at. So there is a little bit of income with that as well, but it's nothing that I could support myself on. It's more just a little bit of compensation for my time, but mostly it's exposure for me, which is really great. All of that helps me stand out from you know, other people and does help me make more in the end. So I'm always willing to do stuff for Chatterbait because I love them. <laughs> I love them and I love that community. I'm really close with them over there. So if you have any questions, let me know. But my second biggest source of income, um, and sometimes it's, it's, it eclipses Chatterbait quite often, is um, OnlyFans, obviously. The way that they have the monthly subscription set up, the, um, amount of things you can sell and how it's just it's it's great it's very open-ended and it's really awesome but the site is incredibly glitchy if you've ever participated in OnlyFans anything you know that the uploads are slow the chats are glitchy sometimes you can't respond to people sometimes the site's just down completely I mean it's a mess it's really really tough so I am grateful that I've been able to have that as a platform but once again I can't rely on it all the time, but it's definitely one of my top earners because I know that it's a safe portal to, ex, uh, to, uh, take payment from. Um, another thing that you have to worry about as a creator is chargebacks. Uh, I don't accept PayPal anymore because I had a chargeback on PayPal. Uh, a guy had bought some content from me and then three months later returned it or not returned it, but had his, um, credit card company refute the transactions mic drop. I was like, okay, I could not dispute it at all. I had no, no say in it. It was just like, Hey, this is done. And it pulled it out of my bank account. It didn't pull it out of PayPal. It didn't, it PayPal pulled it out of my bank account without even telling me it was crazy. So you do have to be really careful. I've also experienced that on cash app. Um, but I sometimes make concessions for people that I know and trust or repeat customers. Um, but it's really tough. I feel like OnlyFans is the one that they actually do kind of protect their creators a little bit more. Um, and it's probably the one where I've experienced the least amount of scamming. Now, there's scams everywhere, everywhere all the time. So you really need to be on your guard if you're really trying to make money and make a living off of this. But with OnlyFans, I also have always managed my OnlyFans myself. I have never paid a company to manage it for me or paid a percentage to a company to manage it for me. So I've always taken home 80% uh, of what I make on 
on OnlyFans. The 20% goes to OnlyFans, right? That's that's the tough part with them is, you know, you pay $100 for a video, I'm only getting 80 because the 20% goes to OF, is what it is. Uh, I wouldn't have that income without OnlyFans, so I'm happy to pay it, it's fine. But it is interesting, um, fans forget that sometimes. You know, they're like, oh, I paid you for this. It's like, yeah, but then I couldn't pay shipping, so I paid that myself. So don't act like you did me a favor, you know? Like there's just, there's different scenarios that I find so funny when people, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but I, I will say this, a side note, that the more generous a fan is with me, like don't ever ask for a discount. I find that highly offensive. But the more generous a fan is with me, the more generous I am with them. And I know not everyone's this way, but when a fan will tip me like to go get coffee or to do something, I always try to interact with them more and do more with them because that just shows that they care. Um, I, I just, it's like the more you give me, the more I'll give you back. I think a really good um, example of this as well is that I do sell like video calls sometimes. And uh, sometimes people just want to chat. And I sell 15 minute increments. And if I'm enjoying the conversation, I will just let it go. I'll just let it go. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll cap it around a certain amount of time, but I will never be like, Oh, that's your 15 minutes. You need to, you need to up it because those people that are generous with me, I feel the obligation, the want to be generous with them. So that's just a little side note too. But, um, OnlyFans, a couple different things that you can monetize are live shows. Um, you can go live in a similar way to Chatterbait, set goals, um, have like tip counters and, and certain things. I'm obviously I'm still really new on that side of things because I feel like it's it hasn't always been there as well and I am really partial to the platforms I already have with lives. But I really enjoyed it capturing that audience that's already there. They're already there and they wanna tip me so that when I go live, they're like, oh, this is easy, this is where. But trying to transfer people from one platform to another, I don't think it's that easy. I don't think that a lot of my Chatterbait people subscribe to my OF and a lot of my OF people don't come watch me on Chatterbait. So, you know, I'm capturing two different audiences there. So just consider that as well. So obviously going live, OnlyFans is really great for monetizing your chatting time when people want to ask you for nudes and photos and they want to talk with you or they want to, they want to do little, little sex chats, little videos. Um, it's super easy because you just go, okay, tip me this amount and we can talk for this long. It's, it's just right in there. I no longer use Snapchat for that. Um, for a lot of reasons, but oh, another big one is the visibility. Um, I think your OnlyFans rank does mean something similar to what your Pornhub rank means or meant. And every time you tip a creator or there's interaction on your site or you're posting or you're getting likes or you're earning income on there, you obviously raise your ranking and it's based on percentage. You're the top blank percent. I'll tell you, after two years of managing my own OnlyFans, I am only in the top 3%. Not the top 0.3%, the top 3%. So I'm really proud of myself for that ranking, but I feel like people don't care until you're in the point rank. You know, the top 0.5%, the top 01%, which is like the top creator. Um, but I guess that's where you have to realize that Rankings don't really mean nothing if your bottom line is where is is meeting the needs that, that you have. So, I mean, there's some transparency there for sure. 
So I always find it funny too, when people that I can tell are visibly working less than I am, or definitely if you're a male creator, it's much harder for you on a lot of these platforms just because the audience is a little different. Um, I don't think there's, yeah, the audience is just different and maybe a little bit smaller slice of the pie. So when I see uh, certain creators say, oh, I'm the top 0.01%, I'm just like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> maybe that's mean, but I'm just like, there's just no way, you know? And there's really no like verification. People can fake all kinds of screenshots and whatever. So unless I'm on a demo call with a company or whatever, and they can pull up an actual account and show it to me, I don't believe it, you know? Anyway, that's kind of funny. But uh, obviously OnlyFans is probably my my largest source of income for selling videos that I do, whether it's a solo or a collab, which is when two creators get together and make a video. There's no money exchanged. We just both sell the video on our platform however we want. And it's interesting because a lot of paperwork is exchanged. Obviously I have to take photos of their IDs and we have to sign releases and we have to upload, to the, upload that to the site. It's very complicated, but um, we both own the content outright. So it's very different from professional porn where I just show up, shoot, and then I go home and I never see that content. I never have any rights to it ever again. Now, the bigger my social media gets, the more companies are willing to give me some of that content to promote it. But nine times out of 10, they don't care. They don't, they don't give me anything. They don't even tell me when it's coming out. So that's where my fans come into play. They're always like, Hey, did you see your scene came out? I'm like, Wow, yeah, no, I had no idea. But that's why content's really fun because one, I get to sell it myself. I get to see the feedback. Um, I get to see how much I make. Obviously, those videos have more of a residual, right? Like they sell a lot right up front and then it trickles, you know, throughout the year. And then obviously at, at some point you just upload it for free on Pornhub if that's your strategy. But um, yeah, the content is mostly sold for me on OnlyFans. The other platform that I also am on is ManyVids which just like in the name is mostly a video selling platform for adult creators. That's better for people that just want to buy one video from me. They don't want to talk to me. They don't want to sub to my page. They don't like OnlyFans, whatever reason. Um, many of it's all the videos are just there, like in a storefront, kind of like an Etsy for sex tapes. So it's easier than having to try to sell videos through DMs like OnlyFans only allows right now. So there's many bids, then, um, oh, used clothing. The market for used items as an adult creator is huge. I used to get asked about it every single night on cam, so I would even put that in my tip menu that for so many tokens, you could buy the panties I was wearing that night. Like, it's, it's huge, and I would never um, discount that group of people that are into those items. Now I used to wait around for requests. I didn't really have a storefront and I didn't really enjoy shipping items out myself. So I was just able to partner with a site called fans utopia where I bulk send, you know, like 10 to 15 things. And, um, my girl over there will package them, put them on the site and promote them. And it's on a, a it's a really amazing site with a lot of really huge creators in the adult space, uh, that is capturing a fan base that's already there. They're already looking for used items. I'm there, but it's also great for my fans too, personally. And I'll tell you, she takes a very low percent. She's on time. She's a great product and she sends me the money in a very timely manner. So it's like consignment, right? But that's been really 
um, obviously another source of income too. And I've been able to sell some really fun things there. You would think like, oh, you can only sell like your really nice sets or like whatever. But I wore body tape for AVN. Like it was like a bikini made out of tape like taped onto me and I was able to very carefully take that off in one piece and that is live on the site right now to be sold. So there's some really fun, crazy things. I like to have fun with that, with that site and the things that I sell. So you never know. Um, I also do little uh, clips called cameos. There is a web app or a a web app. What did I just say? Whatever. There's an application, an app, a company called cameo and A lot of people are familiar with this because it's mostly celebrities on that app where you can buy um, a 30 second, one minute clip or message of like your favorite celebrity saying happy birthday to you or giving you a little pep talk or roasting you. There's a lot of comedians on there that'll roast you if you give them some facts about you. Well, they recently opened it up to adult creators through my modeling agency, my adult agency that I'm with, and that has been huge for adding a little bit more income to every time I'm about to stream or I just have makeup on or I'm on set, I I always do my cameos in like a really cute, you know, like I, I wear like lingerie and I make sure I look really pretty and I, you know, I want to, you know, do like a cute, fun video. I wouldn't like do it with no makeup on in my pajamas. That's just me, you know, but um, that always adds to what I'm currently doing. You know, if I'm going to sit down and stream and I think I'm going to make this much, well, sometimes I can add in a few cameos to help boost what I was making that night anyway. So that's another income stream I have. We're not done. Okay. This is how crazy this is. And people are like, where is she? What's she doing all the time? One of the, trying to manage one of these things that I'm doing. I mean, it's just, it's insane, but it's really fun and I really love it. And now we're getting into the stuff that I love the most, which is social media. I'm a total addict. I mean, I love seeing what other people are doing. I'm definitely a voyeur and a bit of a creep because I love living my life vicariously through other people that are having fun. Um, so I, uh, there is a tiny amount of of money made through TikTok, obviously. I was able to join the creator fund after currently the the requirements are I think it's like 10,000 followers and so many you have to have so many views, like 100,000 views or something like that. No, that's not right. But I know it's 10,000 followers, a certain amount of views and then um no violations on your account. Now, when I first signed up, I had three violations on my account. So I had to wait for those to drop off before I could sign up. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, this will be great. I'll be able to grow this. It's awesome. From the time I joined the creator account to now, so we'll say four months, I have made two whole dollars. Can you believe that? Two whole dollars. <laughs> I've had like a couple videos get a lot of attention. You know, I've got one that's got a couple million views on it, but yeah, two whole dollars. So uh, social media is very difficult to monetize. It's incredibly difficult to monetize. Um, obviously, TikTok has its own creator platform, which is great. But another one, I wouldn't consider the social media, but the podcast right here, I'm able to put commercials in and that sort of thing and garner a couple dollars. But, you know, unless your viewership, your listenership is just massive and then no, you know, I I do this more one for my own catharsis. I love just talking and getting it out there. And two for exposure. I love another way to connect with my fans. Another thing to promote that isn't me getting fucked, you know, like that's only a small part of my life to be fair. So, 
yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I do it, but obviously money just isn't one of them. And I, you're, you're not going to believe me, but that's the truth. Um, obviously another one of my main sources of income lately, um, has been professional porn scenes. So I know I talk about that a lot. I know this is college to cam girl and I did start out as a very regular cam girl, but diversifying has been better for my mental health and for me as a business and a brand and pro porn allows me to spend a little less time um, working. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I feel like when you show up to a pro porn set, I've said this before, I show up, I get my hair and makeup done for me. A lot of times they'll feed me. Sometimes they have wardrobe, most of the time they don't. And um, we shoot the scene and then I go home. They, They pay me, they write me a check there and then I go home. They edit, they put it out, they do the distribution, they put all the links online. You know, occasionally they'll send me some photos for me to promote and then I'm, I'm good, I'm done. But it looks like I did a lot of work that day, but I really didn't. I mean, I did a good job and I did a couple hours worth of work, but in terms of a, of a long work day, I mean, occasionally I'm on set for a long time, but really it's not as hard as camming is where you're only making money if you're sitting in front of that camera getting tipped and all of the tech setup, the hair, the makeup, the wardrobe, the, uh, you know, the promotion, the everything that's on me when it comes to camming. So there is an element of pro porn that's just a little bit easier, but I'll tell you, even if you are operating at an incredibly high rate, which I like my rate, it's good, could be a lot better, but for someone that's new in porn and not very well known, it is what it is. You are not going to get rich doing pro porn. If you think you are, that's hilarious. I I know that there are some people that have been able to do that, but it's such a low percentage for whatever reason of being able to go viral or the way they look or just whatever this company decided to promote. Um, you will not get rich doing pro porn. And I think the main reason for a commuter like me, obviously I live in the Midwest and I have to go out to LA to shoot because there are not porn companies all over the world. I pay my own way. I bring my own wardrobe. A lot of times I do my own hair and makeup. I have to pay for a place to stay. It is, it's a lot, obviously, you know, your, your food, your lodging your everything. So all of that's on me. So a lot of times before I go out on a trip, I have to write down how many shoots I have, and then how many shoots I need in order to make the trip profitable because I know how much I'm going to be spending on flights, rental car, lodging, food, you know, whatever else I might need. You know, like I said, wardrobe is a big part of it too. Um, so I, when I go out to LA, I just work as much as I can, you know, because I, I have to make sure that that, that it is benefiting me. I'm not going out there just to have fun. I mean, it is fun and I love what I do, but, uh, yeah, I, I have had, a few trips where I just broke even or maybe came home with a very small paycheck. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. But I love what I do and the exposure is really good. You know, I, I don't think that my brand value would be as high if I hadn't done any professional scenes, but that's just how I wanted it to be. You know, I wanted to have this like collaborative effect with different platforms and different companies and different people. Um, I wanted to get out there like that. So that's how I do it. Now there's a lot of people that won't, they don't want to do that. They want to, they want to strict stick to owning their own content. And I think that's a beautiful way to run your business as well, but it's just a different school of thought. Then I would say like the last source of income or diversification of income that I would have would be from social media, traditional social media, like 
Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but you can't really monetize that. Occasionally, there's the opportunity to like have a tip jar or pay for a premium Instagram page. I mean, like they are trying all kinds of stuff, but I don't feel like things are really sticking. If anything, like I pay for Twitter blue, you know, like I'm paying them to be on a social media site. It's not really coming back to me, but I do feel like I've gotten more opportunities because of the size of my following or the way that I reach out to people. Um, like I said, there are some directors that would reach out to me on Twitter and I don't know if they would have been able to reach me if I didn't have, you know, that social media looking legit and being verified. Um, and then, yeah, like Instagram, I mean, not a lot of people are going to sponsor you. Everybody knows that social media is more about like the sponsorships. I don't think a lot of people are willing to, companies are willing to sponsor uh, adult creators um, sometimes there's just, there is a lot of money in the adult space, but it's so interesting how sometimes it doesn't quite trickle down. Um, you know, so you're limited to things like lingerie brands and sex toys and lube and that sort of thing, which I love, but it's also not going to be enough to, to support you, um, by just having a social media page. So I guess the moral of the story is all of these things are important to me and my brand, and I'm always open to more. But at this point, I feel like I have a really good system with the channels that I have that I, if I'm gonna add one more thing, it's gonna have to show me up front how profitable it's gonna be. You know what I mean? I can't have any more um, like competition, if that makes sense. Like, um, yeah, I know there's other platforms I probably should be on, uh, but I just don't have time for it or I don't see how it's gonna help me monetize. I had somebody reach out to me the other day and be like, why don't you have a Facebook page? Where's your Facebook? And I'm like, fuck Facebook, I don't need it. <laughs> They'd kick me right off anyway, but you know, it's, it's tough. And I think sometimes fans don't understand that, especially when you're trying to run everything yourself yourself. I think you can definitely tell who's authentic and who has a team behind them for by how many different platforms they have. I think it's pretty incredible I'm able to run all this by myself. I don't know who else is doing it like that. <laughs> it's crazy. But I think another thing, oh, something I didn't talk about is when you're in your own business, you are responsible for taxes and fees and all of that that comes along with it. And uh, you know, I looked at how much I made last year and I was so impressed with myself. And then I looked at my bank account and I was like, where the fuck did it all go? And I was like, oh yeah, I only took home 60% of what I made because of taxes. And everyone's going to be like, oh my God, you need to get a better tax person and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course. Got it. I'm on it. I'm on it. But it's just a reality of making money and being a W9, you know, employee, so to speak. Uh, then also factor in, um, you know, especially like with pro porn, I am with an agency and I do get a lot of perks for being with an agency, but I do pay them a percentage. So it's pretty funny when I get a fee, a fee, sorry, when I get a paycheck from a, a shoot, immediately a percentage goes to taxes and a percentage goes to my agent. And so we laugh because like, 
shoots where they're not paying your full rate, which I don't do a shoot if they're not paying my full rate. But if they, if that happens, I was laughing with this girl. She's like, I did it for a little bit less. And by the time I walked off set, I should have just not even done it because it wasn't worth my time because of like gas and, you know, bringing your own wardrobe and all that kind of stuff. She was like, this just wasn't even. So I think it's really important to always look at the numbers and spend your time where it's going to benefit you the most. Um, because in the end that will make you happier. You will be able to pay your bills and you're not going to be online saying, Oh my God, can somebody please cash out me so I can make my rent? You know, I, I don't, I think your fans deserve better. I think your fans deserve to have you be organized and well taken care of so that you can focus on the entertainment of it all, you know, of the, the positivity of it all rather than, you know, I, I find posts, that I see that are like, oh, I need money for nails or money for coffee. I see that in a little way. If, if you don't say it the right way, it does just sound like begging. Now that reminds me too about there are some fans that only want to tip and support you because they want to keep you out of poverty. They feel sorry for you. Oh my God, she can't pay rent. Let me pay her. And I think some people build their business model that way because there is an audience for that. But I don't think that is a healthy way to be a fan of someone in the adult space is to say, oh, I have to help them. I have to pay them. I think how I run my business is you want to pay me. You, you want to buy what I'm offering and what I'm selling and you, my, I commoditize my time. You want to have a piece of that time. So you will pay the fee for that. Um, it's not because I need it. Now, obviously, this is how I support myself, and I'd be stupid if I said I didn't need it, but I certainly wouldn't tell someone, like, if you don't pay me, I can't pay my rent. You know, it's just that's that's not a position I want to be in or that I want to put my fans in. So I think it's important to build a fan base that respects you and respects your time and respects adult creators in general. That's not to say that there's anything wrong with giving away some things for free, because I think that, you know, that's the fun of it all. But it is just really important to understand the monetary aspect of the adult industry and to be a little bit more transparent with how much I have going on behind the scenes. So thank you to those of you that made it through this whole disaster of an episode. And thank you for supporting me in all my different creative avenues and channels of income. I really am trying to make it so that, you know, the burden doesn't lie on any one person to support me and you don't feel like you have to pay me, but that if you want to purchase something from me and my time, or I'm putting out a product that you like, it's there for you to buy, you know, that's, that's the fun of it at the end of the day. So anyway, if you have any questions, if you're a new creator and you need to figure out how to monetize something, I might not be the best resource, but I'm here for you. <laughs> I'm more than happy to answer any questions you have. And if you're a company that wants to help me, I'm willing to listen occasionally unless, you know, you're just one of those scammers. And there's a lot of those out there too. So stay safe, you guys. I love you. Come find me on social media. You know where to find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, OnlyFans, Chatterbait, all those fucking channels I just mentioned. You can come find me everywhere you need me. And I will see you next time on College to Cam Girl.